When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready for the most informative, well-thought-out hockey podcast on the internet? You are? Sorry. It's just Crown Conversations with your hosts, Robin P. and James Nicholson. Welcome to a very sad, strange, twisted edition of Crown Conversations. Only sad, strange, and twisted because that's how Sarah and I are. <laughs> uh, James is too busy, so he is unfortunately not joining us tonight. It's just me and Sarah recording this just about two hours before puck drop against the red, red, red hot Florida Panthers. Oh, God, they're going to die. <laughs> that's the nicest way to put it, I think. Um, the, (laughs) okay, for those of you who do not know, um, the news came out, Matt Roy is also out of tonight's game. So for those of you keeping score at home, the Kings are down literally five of their six starting defensemen. Edler, Doughty, Roy, Walker, and, uh, uh, who am I forgetting? Uh, Mikey Anderson. (laughs) And Mikey Anderson! All hurt, all within, well, okay, Edler and Walker have been out most of the season, but, you know, the last three, all within the last week, so, and the Florida Panthers are a very good hockey team, and their hopes are riding on um, a pair of rookies in Jordan Spence and Jacob, or Jakob, or Jacob, what, the Swedish Movarar guy, and and Christian Wolanin, and, and Austin Strand. And, and Tobias Bjornfoot and Olimata. It's so dire. Like, oh my God. you know, it's like, you, you always want the kids to get their chance. Like, I, I've loved Jordan Spence all season with the rain. But, like, this isn't how I wanted him to get to make his NHL debut is under these circumstances. And, yeah, I have thought for a long time that Austin Strand deserved a call up and should be playing on this team. But this isn't how I wanted him back either. Like... Literally every game someone has gotten hurt over the past, what, like four or five games at least? Like, this stinks. Oh, yeah. And Dustin Brown got hurt in the Sharks game. Oh, we're not going to talk about that game. But he got hurt in the last game against the Sharks. Took a puck high up off the arm or something. Um, Not that Dustin Brown was doing a whole lot for the Kings. God knows I love Dustin Brown. I'm a huge Dustin Brown apologist. But... Um, he has been not good this year for the Kings. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like, who, I don't know, Sarah, I think they're going to get crushed. Yeah, I don't have high hopes for this one. Um, you know, we're also missing Andreas Athanasiu, who like, the the flashes that we've seen of him fr- from him when he's been healthy have been great, but he has gotten hurt like every other day. Uh, Victor Arvidsson, I think, 
uh, Tom McClellan said that he's skating again, but he's not ready to come back yet. Uh, Brendan Lemieux, whatever he he's he, he is also hurt. Um, it's just like the, I of all of the stretches for this to happen. Of course, it has to happen when they're playing what like Florida, Colorado. I think Vegas is coming up this week. Mm-hmm. Um, this couldn't have happened when we were playing a bunch of like Buffalo and Ottawa and teams where like, it just doesn't matter this week's schedule. It's the Panthers, the avalanche, the sharks, the golden Knights, the predators. That's the next five games. Yeah. The game against Vegas, especially that's on the 19th is going to be huge because we're still ahead of them in the standings. Barely. Uh, barely. Although I think I think as we're recording this, um, Vegas is losing to the Blue Jackets. So thank you, Blue Jackets. <laughs> but like this, just I'm glad that the Kings have had enough hot runs recently that like even if they stink for the next week or two, that they still will be sort of in the playoff hunt. But I I hate all of this. <laughs> This this stretch of injuries, this rash of injuries, honestly, probably could not have come at a worse time. Um, I mean, the good news, though, is that they also have Chicago and Seattle coming up to round out their home schedule over the next two weeks. So, um, God knows I love Seattle, but Seattle's awful. Yeah, um, their team, not good. <laughs> My yeah. my fear though is that they're somehow going to find ways to lose to both <laughs> Chicago and Seattle. Like they should have picked up four points against the Sharks, and right. and every time I well, I don't know what it is about the Sharks. The Sharks always they're like the the Kings Achilles heel. Like the the, the Kings can get up against anybody, but somehow against the Sharks they're always like oh I don't wanna oh. <laughs> and like. You know, the past however many seasons, we've always been like, oh, it's just the Martin Jones factor. Like, Martin Jones is going to crush it against his old team. Fine. Like, that's just the way hockey works. Uh, There is no more Martin Jones on the Sharks. Now it's just the Sharks, the Kings doing this against the Sharks to make us miserable. (laughs) What's interesting is that both teams have had so much turnover in the last couple Mm -hmm. of years that there's basically no more rivalry and yet somehow the Sharks still act like the, the three guys who are left on the Sharks from 2014. They're the <laughs> ones who are like propelling this rival rivalry still going. And the three guys who are left on the Kings, they're like, whatever, man. Right. Like, please leave us alone. I mean, I feel like it's, like, it's the same with like the Ducks kind of, of there's very few guys left on either side who were around for sort of the, the heyday of both teams. Now it's just like a bunch of dudes, but you know, even during like the rookie games where they have no reason to really hate each other, they super hate each other. Um, but yeah, I the sharks, man. Why, why, why? Well, every team has to have an Achilles heel, and um, hey, at least you know it's not Buffalo, like it oh, has. God. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, poor Jack Campbell. He's been so bad lately. I don't know what happened, but after Christmas, he's just gone down the toilet and oh my and he's hurt now so like great 
Well, at least we're not the Leafs where, you know, we have high, high expectations. We have moderate expectations and I think our expectations got too high. And so the universe, the hockey universe is like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> readjust those expectations, people. Right. This was Slow a bubble kids. team. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I will say like that is kind of the good thing about everyone having like, you know, people have been so divided. Like there have been a bunch of, you know, Kings people who like, you know, my, my take on the team coming into this season was like, yeah, this team could make the playoffs, but I thought they'd be like bubble team, wild card team at best. So like, this is just a pleasant surprise, uh, you know, injuries outside of this whole injury nonsense, but like, it really feels like any success or confidence this season beyond just like, don't get embarrassed every night is just a <laughs> bonus. Um, since no, like, you know, no one expected this team to really be in this position, let alone like not, you know, it, it, right now not having to be like afraid of, you know, falling out of the playoffs. I mean, they, they need to be, but like, I don't know. My point is that like, this is so much beyond the expectations most people had that it's like, well, we're just going to enjoy the ride, but also like the ride stinks now. And I don't, it's not <laughs> enjoyable. Uh, it's unfortunate too, because we, we had really high hopes for Cal Peterson coming in and he started off okay. And the Kings were doing this stupid thing where it's like, Hey, let's play each goalie one night and see who's better. And then they were even, and then Cal Peterson was bad for one game and the Kings were like, see, he's not good enough. And so then they put all their weight of expectations on Jonathan Quick, who was inexplicably really good to start the season. And then of course, everything after Christmas just kind of stank in goal. Yeah. And now our goalies both stink. Oh, but I'm sad because I love Cal Peterson so much. Yeah, and it feels like, I mean, from talking, um, you know, I've talked with, with Locked on Kings, I've talked with some other people who are, like, much closer to understanding what goalies do than I am. And, you know, from from their perspective, it feels very much like, you know, it, it goalie, being a goalie is such a, like, mental sport more so than any other position. And, you know, there probably is some of that, you know, mental struggle that has gotten into Cal Peterson of, you know, everyone knows that he's supposed to be the heir apparent to the net. And, you know, this was supposed to be his year and he just signed a big deal. And so like now it's just all gotten in his head, which, you know, terrible timing. And so good for Jonathan Quick to like be decent again for the beginning part of the season. But like, I, I feel like Cal Peterson will turn it around, but I need him to turn it around quicker, especially now that everyone on the team is dead. <laughs> um just so long as we don't need to recall Garrett Sparks again like he is hurt so it doesn't even matter oh he hasn't played in like months there's so many injuries to goalies this year I literally cannot keep up I was talking <laughs> to someone about the Habs and I was like I forgot who I was asking about. I was asking about Jake Allen and um Scott Matla from Locked on Canadians he's like um, Jake Allen's been hurt since January, and this was in mid-February. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> I gave up. Surprise. And I was to somebody else the other day, and somebody else was like, um, no, that the goalie's hurt. <laughs> okay, never mind. Get what I said. Yeah, it's it's been it's been weird. And I mean, yeah, Garrett Sparks being hurt really puts a lot more pressure. And he like, he left a game like midway through once and has literally never been seen again. So I have no idea what happened. I don't remember anything like 
suspicious happening. I don't remember there being a hit to the head. Like, just literally no idea what's going on with him. Um, and of course, like, he hasn't even been seen around. You know, sometimes you see if you're at, you know, at games, especially minor league games, you'll see, you know, the scratches or the injured guys just sort of roaming around. Like, he hasn't even been sighted. So I'm like, does he get abducted by aliens? I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, that puts a lot more pressure, too, on Quick and Peterson to also not get hurt because behind him, we've got Matt Villalta, who, you know, all respect due to Matt Villalta, but I don't think he's ready yet for the NHL. Um, so, you know, you don't have goalie problems right up until the second you do have goalie problems. Yeah. Well, just so long as they don't go through a similar rash of injury of uh, their goalies like they did a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot what year it is. I think it was like 2018 or something. Like Jonathan Quick strained his groin and and Jack uh, Campbell strained his groin like mm-hmm. two games later. And then um, Dusty Emu's son strained his groin. And then whoever else was the starter? I think it was Peter Budai was still with the team. Peter Budai strained his groin. Like <laughs> that season was rough. <laughs> like what the f is going on? And yeah, you, I mean, you, yeah, yeah. Like you have that many injuries happen all at once. Like you know what? Like twice is a coincidence. More than that is you know something to be concerned about. Yeah. Yeah, so let's just hope and pray that it's not Matt Villalta time. Gosh, please. Sorry, Matt, but we're you're not ready. Oh, I forgot to you'll have to ask this when you do your locked on podcast with um when you do when you talk about the rain. Um mm-hmm. I wanna know what happened to Jacob Ingham. It seemed like at the beginning of the year they were both like him and Velalta were doing really well. Maybe mm-hmm. Velalta had the edge, but um, especially with Garrett Sparks injured, I wonder why they didn't call up uh, Ingham. And I wonder if it's just the team going extra slow with Ingham. Yeah, it, that, that's been something I've noticed lately with the the goalies in the rain too. You know, since it's been Velalta, they they've kind of been rotating a little between Ingham, Parik, and uh, the third guy, uh, John Lethemon. Um, and Lethemon right now is up with the rain, uh, which I found curious because usually it has been, uh, vil- uh, what's his name? Ingham. And yeah, I think that's a good question to, to, to ask, uh, Jared about whenever we talk, because I'm like, okay, is the team just trying to get, you know, Lethemon a little more experience too, a little more exposure, see what they have in all three goalies? Like what's, what's the deal there? Because yeah, it, it is odd that. You know, you would have expected uh, Jacob Ingham to be the next guy up, and he's still hanging out in uh, Greenville, South Carolina, with the Swamp Rabbits. <laughs> yeah, because he's not on Ontario's roster. Mm-hmm. And then to start the year, they signed Garrett Sparks, and I thought that's really interesting. I wonder what the plan is. And the plan was to send um, Ingham to the ECHL. Which I guess makes sense so that way both guys can get starter time in net. Yeah, and like that made sense. Like Sparks made sense because I think we've seen, like coming back to like the earlier point of like we've seen what happens when the Kings don't have goalie depth. And I think they realized like, ah, crap. Like if something happens to Quick and Peterson, like 
we're hosed. Uh, and so signing Sparks made sense. And he, you know, he got to play in that one game. He looked really good, whatever. Uh, you know, you need a number three who you know can play at the NHL level. So th- they got that. Of course, now Garrett Sparks is like missing. So <laughs> see how well that worked out. <laughs> Maybe Peter Budai can come out of retirement. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's uh he he actually works for the Colorado Eagles now, so oh. we'd have to steal him, which would be fun. It would be fun. I mean, <laughs> Peter Budai was such a good sport when he was in the AHL, and he was so good for Jack Campbell. Like um, everybody just talked. Uh, everybody who played with um, Peter Budai, they just absolutely raved about him. And they said what a good mentor he was. And I think that's kind of the other thing that they have with Garrett Sparks is that they're like, um, at least if we have Garrett Sparks, then mm-hmm. he he has NHL experience. He can be a good mentor. Yeah. Yeah. It's you, you need. I feel like teams don't realize how much they need that like number three veteran kind of guy. Until they don't have one. And then they're like, oh, well, now none of our children know what they're doing. <laughs> well, we could ask the Habs what that feels like. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> they started out the year with two mediocre AHL goalies. And then they were down to Sam Monsonblow. But I can't say his name. I don't speak French. <laughs> Montembault. No, I'm not going to try it again. That guy. Uh, yeah, that guy. So they're they're down to him and he he has these spates where he does really well and mm-hmm. then he's really bad. But of course that's kind of the Habs in a nutshell. That's been their <laughs> season. Yes. But now they have Marty St. Louis to help them turn it all around. They've looked decent since then. Like, congratulations. You have a you're having fun again. <laughs> And, you know, it's it's he said something interesting that I shared with um, James and Ryan. And he said, um, Marty St. Louis said, it was all about the reads. He doesn't want to take away the ability to make reads for his players. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that's kind of missing with the Kings. Because I felt like at the beginning of the year, um, it was Kopitar's line and it was Deneau's line. They were the guys who were able to make the reads, both offensively and defensively. I mean, nobody reads a defensive play like like Dano. Mm-hmm. Jesus, that guy is everywhere, <laughs> like in the best possible way. He is insane to watch. But like the the third and fourth lines, don't know what they're doing. It, yeah, it seems to me that they don't know what they're doing either. That was just my personal opinion. Yeah, no, it the the third and fourth lines, like I mean, right now, especially like since the the top line with Kopitar and Kempe and whoever else they decide to put up there, like that line unfortunately has kind of disappeared lately. And so unfortunately the Kings are right back to being a one line team essentially with Dino and Moore and whoever they put on that wing since Arvidsson's hurt too, like with them doing all the heavy lifting. Athanasiu was great until he got hurt again. Um, <laughs> You know, I think this is uh, Jesse Cohen from All the King's Men tweeted this, and I think he has a little bit of a point of his analogy was basically like, this isn't the time to like try to make the same recipe, even though you're missing ingredients, it's time to try to make a whole new recipe. So it's like, okay, you know, you have like Dino and Ar- Dino and 
uh, more who work well together and whatever for that third spot. And now you have this mishmash of AHL guys and lines that are working, but not really like if there's any time for Todd McClellan to just say like, okay, line blender go like, (laughs) this is it because you're running out of guys who even have chemistry together because they're all hurt. So (laughs) instead of trying to replicate the same stuff we've seen from the Kings when they've been at their best and everyone's been healthy, like let, let's change it up. Let's, let's do something wacky and maybe you'll hit on a success and we won't have to be so like, Oh God, we've lost all of our games because everyone is dead. (laughs) I feel like he's tried that the last two games. He tried, he's tried that actually in the last three games, except for some reason that he keeps punishing Byfield. First it was putting Dustin Brown on his wing (laughs) And then, <laughs> and then it was just not letting him see the ice at all. Like in, I went to the Sharks game on Tuesday, Monday, mm-hmm. Monday. I don't know what day it is anymore. Um, I went to the Sharks game with Ryan and we were like, where's Byfield? I don't know if he touched the ice in the third period. Yeah. Probably. I don't know if he was there or not. I saw him. At the beginning of OT, and I was like, oh my god, they're going to put him out in OT. No, he was just stretching. Just hanging. Just hanging. Yeah, no, the, the the curious case of Quentin Byfield has been interesting. And it's like, Todd McClellan trusts him sort of, kind of, to a point, but not really. Um, and yeah, like, Byfield hasn't exactly been given the biggest chance of success anyway with, like, with his line mates. Um like, it, it's kind of like, there's definitely some people who have been like, oh, Quentin Bustfield. And for those people, I will come and fight you because, like, <laughs> chill out. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, it's just, like, be patient with him. Like, most players aren't phenomenal, like, when they're 19 years old. Yeah, he got four shifts in the third period of that game. Um, played about two minutes total. I can't really do math very well, but a little over two minutes, um, which, you know, in a, in a game that you need offense and you need something to happen, um, you know, maybe that's not the smartest choice to like sit him. Uh, he certainly had some good plays. Uh, he just hasn't been able to finish. Um, It'll 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 come together eventually, but it's really frustrating watching Todd McClellan not really seem to like know what to do with him. Like at some point, you just have to rip the bandaid off and say, "Okay, go." And yeah. if you make a mistake, you make a mistake. Fine, uh, try to make up for it next time you're out on the ice. You you just have to let him go. So it's it's been weird, especially seeing how like, um, you know, obviously. I I, I I did point out that after the Kings lost that game, the, the game that Jordan Spence debuted in, that the Kings have basically blown every debut this season for <laughs> their young players that they've called up from, from the rain. So I was honestly didn't have high expectations for Jordan Spence's debut because they've just screwed it up every time. <laughs> um, but, you know, I feel like Tom McClellan had really good things to say about him um, and, you know, respecting his performance in his first NHL game, didn't get the win blah 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 but it for for whatever reason it just seems like quentin byfield doesn't like they just don't know what to do with him yet and they're not giving him line mates who i think are going to be able to help him out the best uh and, and help set him up for success 
And, you know, it's one thing for Todd McClellan to not really know what to do with Gabe Velarde, who I think we all know is very talented, but just hasn't been able to stick. But it's another thing for Todd McClellan to not know what to do with your, like, you know, number two overall, whatever draft pick. Like, you you can't ruin this one, Todd. Come on. <laughs> He's trying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah <it's, laughs> you know, it's also interesting because... I think one of the best ways for a rookie to be able to cut his teeth and really maybe score some, I'm not going to say gimme points, but at least start scoring some points and kind of making a better show Mm -hmm. is if you put him on the power play, he didn't get any power play time in the second period. And I think like two power plays. Yeah, no, that that's insane. Um, Especially considering how bad the Kings power play is. Like <laughs> Carl Grundstrom was on the power play before Quinton Byfield. Oh no, I hate that. I hate that. I mean, <laughs> Carl Grundstrom, I guess, is sort of fulfilling the Dustin Brown role of go to the net and maybe it's gonna bang in off of your butt, which cool, <laughs> like a goal's a goal. But to yeah, to not have Quentin Byfield on the power play is like it's insulting, honestly. Like, just put him on there. He surely cannot do any worse than, like, some of the other guys you have out there. Because, again, no one's scoring power play goals in general. God, they almost gave up, I think, like, Ugh. three shorthanded goals. Hey, at least Trevor Moore scored a beauty of a shorthanded goal. That was fun. Before the teams went and ruined it all. But, you know, that was fun. It was a really fun, like, 12 seconds. <laughs> um, the, the interesting thing, and I noticed this since they came back from Boston, which was, I guess it's only been two games. or Yeah, two games. But um, it, And it, it's been an issue off and on several times this year. They Their passes aren't connecting. So this was an issue um, a couple weeks ago when they first saw Boston um, in that horrible game, that which we shall not talk <laughs> about. I was at that game, and I was depressed the entire time um and i went with my friend who was a bruins fan so i was doubly depressed um anyway (laughs) but the the thing is the 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 passes were sloppy it was either ahead or behind so it what there was no tape to tape passes everyone looked kind of disheveled disjointed and i was like okay they look like they're playing a three and four whatever like it's a bad game i'm sure they'll score one goal no, um, but it was, again, the same issue that I noticed against the Sharks. And this is why I was kind of like, are they try? Like, I know they're professionals. Of course, they're going to try. But at the same time, I was like, um, have they talked to each other? Have right. they met? Do they know they're on the same team? Olimata is great at passing to the other team. Passing <laughs> Up the middle, tape to tape passes right to the other op- right, right to the opposition, no problem. Uh, rim it around the boards to somebody uh, in traffic, no problem at all. Get it out <laughs> under duress. Yeah, that that wasn't happening, and I don't mean to blame only Mata because it was an issue with everybody. I mean, even Kopitar was like mm-hmm. pass rimming the puck around the boards when there was like six guys there like three in white three in black and i'm like what what are we doing and this feels very systemic to me mm-hmm. and it's like, it's like it it just seems like they'll 
it just takes like one bad game and then things snowball sort of because when like we've seen this team be really really good and play very impressive games and get wins that they deserve and in those games like everything goes right and we're not seeing this like terrible passing and bad puck control and whatever and then it's like well you had one bad period and things just go disastrously from there and I mean, I guess credit to this year's Kings versus like the past three years versions of the Kings in that this year I have a lot more, well, injuries notwithstanding, because right now, again, it's literally like the Los Angeles, Ontario rain at this point. Um, but overall this season, it's been kind of like most games when they've been down or they haven't looked good, I've still kind of had confidence that they'll at least come back and make it competitive. And for the most part, that's been true. Again, that terrible game against Boston different uh right and that last game against san jose but like most of the games that they have struggled in like you still are kind of watching at the end being like i don't know maybe there's a chance there haven't been many games that i've wanted to like turn off midway through because i'm like this is useless um so i mean that's an improvement on past seasons where it's like once they were out of it they were out of it and they just never came came back from from being down so i guess that's better but um, yeah, I, you still would like to see them look like they've ever met each other before and not be like, oh, I thought you were going to be standing there. Like, <laughs> Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, I mean, it's. I feel like it's only Dano and more. Like, those are the mm-hmm. only two guys who ever know where the other ones are. And it's interesting because... Um, it's interesting who they struggle against and maybe it's the whole playing down to your opponent thing. And we know the sharks are really bad. I think they're like, I don't know, 28th or 26th or something. They're like way out there. (laughs) Um, But we saw them get up against Boston. Boston was that no quit game. Mm -hmm. Like I, I didn't watch the game because it was, at a terrible time for me. It was four o'clock and I'm totally swamped with work. So I, c- I couldn't turn on the game. And so I'm sitting there later in the day because I recorded it because I'm still a weirdo who has cable. And um, I'm, I'm watching the game and I'm sitting there and my dog's sitting at my feet and I'm sitting there rubbing his head. And I'm like, I need to stop petting him because I'm going to rub a hole in his head because <laughs> this game is so intense. <laughs> yeah, but it was a good game because I felt like as much pressure as as much pushback as boston gave the kings gave an equal amount of pressure mm-hmm. and pushback they were outmatched but they it was the no quit grit thing that we've come to expect from them this season and i hate saying that the no quit grit because it's nonsense but we really did see them put their heart and soul into that game in order to right. force overtime Yeah. And like, that's, that's been the biggest, you know, I I feel like whenever I talk with people about, you know, the Kings and what things look like for them this season and, you know, it it does look like chances are they will make the playoffs, like knock on wood, all these injuries, anything could change, but like chances they're in a good position 
right now. And even if they lose some ground because of this tough spot with injuries, like they're still looking okay, but I still don't like, I don't particularly peg them to maybe get out of the first round. They might win a game or two, but I think that it's, it's that lack of consistency. It's the, we see, you know, that game against Boston, like you said, that was just, you know, yeah, the no quit, the, the fact that they stood up to one of the better teams in, in the league and, and came away with the win that maybe they didn't even deserve, but they wanted anyway. Uh, but then to turn around and have these like totally miserable games against like the sharks and stuff, um, you know, doesn't give me a whole bunch of confidence for, you know, navigating a seven game series, but, and you know, that's why I'm like, okay, no, they, they, they shouldn't go out and like, well, now they might have to at the deadline, go out and actually do stuff because again, everyone <laughs> on the team is dead, but I'm like, okay, like I don't want Rob Blake to go and do anything insane like this team isn't just one guy away this isn't the like Marin Gabrick trade uh, that's going to put you over the top um you know I think if they're going to make trades it should be like guys with term left or like you know actual hockey deals to make the team better in general because no they're not going to win the Stanley Cup this year and if they do like everyone can replay this and like make fun of me (laughs) for being wrong but guess what so will everyone else everyone else will have been wrong too so it's not just me (laughs) yes I will I don't know. I don't know. I will do something crazy, but like <laughs> not literally eat my hat, but I will eat my words right. if they they manage to somehow win the Stanley Cup. But I was thinking about it the other day and I was thinking, what is this team missing? Well, if you want to compare it to the 2014 team in terms the, the 2012 and 14 teams in terms of at least structure, what are they missing? So in my opinion, what they're missing, most importantly, they're, they're three guys away um, from at least being competitive. Um, I'm, I feel like they're still missing their Willie Mitchell, possibly mm-hmm. also their Matt Green. And here's the thing about the Willie Mitchell and the Matt Green types is what you're missing from Willie Mitchell is that steady veteran presence. And I know vet- veteran presence is a little bit overhyped and a little bit like over relied on especially it's it's become a cliche in and of itself but the thing about willie mitchell and this is what james kind of mentioned to me and i'm like oh you're right Mm -hmm. is and he has he was he had an ability to calm the game down so he he was really good at making reads he was really good at knowing where to be but more importantly like he had the right amount of experience and having been around for enough time that he can go hey we're down one goal all we need is one you know or it's the three one lead you know hey we're only we're down two if you get one who knows what can happen we right. can certainly get another one after that so they're missing that willie mitchell type that veteran leader mm-hmm. who maybe he has maybe he's won a ring maybe he hasn't i don't think the the win the the pedigree is necessarily mm-hmm. important so much as the quote-unquote leadership factor and again overhyped i know but it does serve a certain purpose the, the other thing i think they're missing is they're missing kind of the the Justin Williams, but also the Jeff Carter types. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Justin Williams, the heart and soul guy, they kind of have it, they kind of don't. This is a youngish team. They haven't quite been through the grinder as much <laughs> as the 2012 team was. Like, that 2012 team, 
they got knocked around quite a bit in 2010 and 2011. So that really made a difference. And that that roster had actually been, the core of that roster had been together quite a while. The core of this roster has been together, uh, well, I don't even know who the core of this roster is at this point. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, they're still kind of searching for that identity. But then, of course, you have the Jeff Carter, the Marion Gabrick, the the Mike Richards, the Game Breakers. These are the guys who are going to come up big in big games. The guys who are going to score that timely needed goal. And I said to, I think I said it to Ryan the other day. I said, you know, I feel like Philip Deneau is their Jarrett Stoll. He's that mm. piece that Dean Lombardi went out and got a few years ago, like a few years before they managed to win their first cup. And so he's much better He's in, in terms of like raw skill than mm-hmm. Stoll was. But in terms of like what he provides as far as like, you know, win that critical face-off when you need to win that face-off. Face-offs are never important until they are. Right. <laughs> Just the most yeah. ridiculous thing. He's that guy, but he also provides that veteran leadership. He's a guy who can be kind of that calming influence. I still think they need the Jeff Carter type, though. They really need finishers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's been the problem with the Kings for years, is that they, like, <laughs> they don't have one. And... You know, I, I think that, you know, we know Arvidsson is a guy who scores goals. But we also know that he's very streaky and like he hit that that is has been who he has been this season. Uh, and so I wouldn't necessarily call him a finisher. He's definitely helping in terms of goals. But, you know, yeah, we, we don't have that guy who, you know, you know, when he has the puck on his stick that you're going to be like, oh, this is dangerous. It's not like. You know, oh, that shot sure did go ten feet wide of the net, didn't it? Um, but I, I think the the Justin Williams type character is is kind of what I thought of immediately too. Whenever um, you know, you kind of start thinking about who this team is missing, and you know, it's like you you need, you know, you would think that you would have enough sort of character leadership in the room with guys like Kopitar and and Brown and Dowdy who have been the whole way but I feel like you you yeah you just need that one other guy to kind of help you know keep everyone on, on an even keel and maybe that outside voice um you know someone who's been outside of the team gives a little bit of a different perspective but yeah I feel like they're close and it's going to be interesting to see the moves that Rob Blake makes to get them closer mm-hmm. um because, yeah, at this point, you are going to have to start saying goodbye to some of the prospects that we all love in order to get those guys. Mm. Um, I know it hurts. It hurts a lot. We should just be able to have whatever we want and not have to pay for it. That's how it should work. <laughs> all right. So speaking of moves, the Kings have 22 games left uh, in this year. Most of them against the Pacific, and thank God the Great Pacific Garbage Patch has manifested itself in the way that it has this year, because holy crap, the Pacific is bad. Um, And so I think they have an outset, or a good chance of at least finishing second, worst case scenario third. I will kick myself if they finish in a wild card spot, but I still think that they have a really good chance, even with this spate of injuries, especially given that Ardvitsen is skating. Um, so looking down the deadline and knowing that you have 22 games left, mm-hmm. likely to finish two or three, but still keeping an eye on the future, 
what do you do? Because um, in my opinion, they probably should look at shoring up their their defense in the mm-hmm. off season when it's much less. Uh, it's it's going to cost them probably less. Yeah, yeah. I think that you know it's going to take the team a lot of looking at. You know, obviously they have more information about any of these injuries than we will, and I think we'll probably be able to glean a little bit about what's going on with those injuries based off the moves that they make. Um, I could see them, you know, if they're looking at their injury picture and saying, yeah, you know what, we're, we might squeak into the playoffs now. We're just going to have fun, see what happens. Like I could see them looking for like depth defensemen so that so much pressure isn't on the kids, especially if, you know, any of these injuries to Dowdy, Anderson uh, and Roy are going to be, even like medium term, I would think you'd want to bring in someone with some experience just so they're not having to lean solely on Olimata as your experienced defenseman. And and don't forget Christian. Oh, oh, that's right. He exists. Um, (laughs) So, you know, I I could see that kind of move uh, and that's less of a playoff move and more just of a, like keeping our team afloat kind of move. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I think the big moves should be in the off season. Um, you know, you're not going to overpay quite so much, uh, particularly if it is like Rob Blake. I, I, every sentence I get is that he's going for the hockey trade and not the rental trade. So you really want to overpay right now for someone who is probably still going to maybe be on the market once the playoffs or like once the offseason hits. Um, I think you'll have more flexibility kind of towards draft day uh, to, to make those moves. But yeah, I, I think right now is more of a short term move to keep the team from like totally imploding under having to play the entirety of the Ontario Reigns defense. Um, because I mean, it, it also everything trickles down like the rain right now are one of the top teams in the AHL. And if they get decimated because everyone has to go up to the Kings, like you've now just tanked the rain season too, uh, which I, I think that, you know, the team, we all know that everyone looks at the team as, you know, developmental, no one really cares, but at the end of the day, I'd love to get those guys some playoff experience in the AHL and hopefully they go on a nice long run. So maybe you don't take all of their defensemen <laughs> because <laughs> you want the rain to be in a good position coming into the playoffs. Yeah, I think the NHL teams never care about the AHL. They have no problems calling up the Black Aces mm-hmm. um, even before like their playoff run is done. Um, or recalling guys at a crucial time for the AHL when they're like on a hot run. Um, mm-hmm. But I do feel like having that, even on a lower level, it's a championship mentality. It, that's one of the, the reasons why Dean Lombardi always loved Mike Richards, why he was obsessed with Mike Richards. It's because this guy has won at every level. Don't yeah. you want someone like that on your team? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think you have a really good point when you say, like, yeah, maybe you don't quite want to completely recall the entire Ontario reign. <laughs> yeah. That would be bad (laughs) (laughs) because then you just have a bunch of like ECHL and PTO guys and it's not going to go well. Well, also, I mean, it's a developmental league for a reason, right? So what good is it to rush your guys who are not clear, who are Mm -hmm. clearly not NHL ready? Right. um, And you, you only were hoping to recall them for a game or two to kind of 
okay, now you've experienced what the what life in the NHL is like. Now you have something that you want to reach for, you know? Mm, yeah. It, yeah. It's not, oh God, here's our here's all five of our rookies. They're the only guys with any talent on our <laughs> on our farm team. Right. Right. Like you, you like Martin Burton. Uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. You can't just like leave, you know, poor like Brett Sutter down there by his lonesome with a bunch of other random dudes. Like you you can't you you can't like I think the team front office seems to see the value in, you know, the rain have a good thing going. So let's, you know, obviously we need to fill holes on the Kings roster and give guys chances and whatever. But, you know, as they're looking down, you know, down the line towards April, May, they, I think they, they need to, and should be aware that you don't want to completely destroy the rain, especially if, you know, honestly looking between the rain, and the Kings, the rain certainly have the better chance of going on a really long playoff run. (laughs) <laughs> honestly if the kings last more than five games in the playoffs i will be shocked <laughs> like i you know, god knows i love this team and i i, I do I'm, I'm trying to be positive about them but like i think they can win one or two games in the playoffs i cannot see them winning four games and i'm not trying to be negative i just where they're at and what I've seen, the the lack of consistency is a little bit, I think a little bit too much. And I said this in 2014, I didn't have a podcast in 2014, obviously all I did was write it down. I was like, they're not going to go anywhere in 2014. I was almost right. Right. (laughs) Almost sort of. (laughs) Well, well, I'm in in the first round. Yeah, no, it's, it's, I mean, it's just ultimately, it's just nice to actually be able to look at this team and say, wow, right now they're in a playoff position and to look at the rain and go, wow, they're actually really good this year. Like we haven't had that in a while. Yeah. Um, I forgot to mention this earlier, but you know who I was actually really impressed by? I was impressed by Jordan Spence in mm-hmm. his debut. Yeah. I didn't notice him at all. Even yeah. when I looked for him. I didn't see him. And, well, he's and, very small. <laughs> but he acquitted himself very well in his first game. And I was like, normally rookies stand out for the worst reasons. And he was like, I mean, every time I saw him with the puck, he was making really smart decisions. And I was like, hmm, I'm impressed. Yeah. And I think the like the few times he did make mistakes. Like I know there were a couple of plays where he was a little, like a little too aggressive on or tried to get a little too cute. And like, there are plays that would have totally worked in the AHL and the NHL just did not work. It didn't help that the Kings had a bad game too. But like (laughs) the fact, the fact is though that Todd McClellan kept putting him back out there, um, which I, 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 every coach, not just McClellan sometimes is like, Oh, young child, you did a bad. Okay. You're sitting for the rest of the period. And in this case, he just kept putting him out there, which was great. Well, it's it's a little bit different when you have a defenseman and yeah. you're missing like yeah. your horse and you're relying on poor Matt Roy to play a whole 60 minutes and at the same time drag Olimata up and down the ice. And then gets hurt. And then gets hurt. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's rough. Yeah. Is, is there anybody that comes to mind that you think the King, going back to um, the trade deadline, is there anybody that comes to mind that you think the Kings should target UFA or otherwise? 
I've tried to ignore the, the trade market so much, man. <laughs> I've just, I, I, the rampant speculation, all of my like trade options are just because I would find them funny, not necessarily because like it's the right move for the Kings. Um, but you know, I, I know everyone always looks at the Coyotes as possible trade partners and like, I wouldn't complain if the Kings acquired like I feel like the the biggest names in Arizona who are trade bait are also guys who basically always score against the Kings. Um, <laughs> like Lawson Krause always scores against the Kings. Jake Chitron always scores against the Kings. Um, a couple of the other guys, like just all every game, you're like, oh, this kid again. So I wouldn't mind if the Kings acquired any of them because it would mean they couldn't score against us again. Um, but yeah, I don't really know what the market for like depth defenseman looks like that isn't going to be an overpay. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's so dire that they ne- need to go out and sell the farm for a guy who like actually isn't very good, um, which I feel like is a lot of what's out there right now. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm trying to trust them to make smart choices. I told Ryan the other day, I was like, I think it'd be really great if we could see Hurdle in black and silver. It's never going to uh, happen, but I would love to see Hurdle on the Kings, if only so he'll stop scoring against yes, us. Yes, yes. Or, I mean, at that rate, um, freaking Timo Meyer, who I feel <laughs> like scored like 14 times against us this year, and there's still more games to go, like, that'd be rad. Um, maybe again, uh, maybe Brent Burns and his epic beard. <laughs> but he's bad, though. Like, Yeah, but so are the Kings. <laughs> Yeah. Is, is, can we get him for like cheap? He, I'll take him for cheap if, like, you know, they're just going to give him to us. I feel like Brent Burns somehow always makes an impact against the Kings. He can be having, like, the worst possible stretch of games. And then against the Kings, it's, like, the same guys. It's Logan Couture, Tomas Hurdle, and Brent Burns. Like, freaking always. I'm like, where? You guys are like, fucking. Yeah, all- like Eric, Eric Carlson, who just came back from being, like, Dead for dead? three months or whatever. Had like a fantastic game against the Kings. Of course he yeah. did. Yeah, but Eric Carlson's also bad now. So yeah, except for against the Kings. <laughs> yes. Maybe we should just like acquire the whole Sharks team and just kind of filter out who we want. Although I was, I was looking at their roster the other day and I'm like, this is the who's who of who the hell yeah. is this? Yeah, like, yeah. Alsers was on their AHL team for so long. I didn't know that he made their NHL team. I was Surprise. like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Or watching their AHL team the other day, I was like, I've never heard of like any <laughs> of you. It's Mark Bonk and flipping yeah. all over again. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Sharks. Oh, all right. Well. Here's hoping that they don't get crushed against Florida tonight, Sarah. Fingers crossed. I, I, I'm going to hate it. <laughs> um, any closing thoughts on the Kings? Um, buckle up because the next couple weeks are going to blow. I don't know. <laughs> well, they have their March schedule is absolutely brutal. They have four sets of four games in six nights. <laughs> no, I hate this. Good yes. luck, Cal Peterson and Jonathan Quick. Godspeed. Um, we just have to hope that their groins hold up for the next six weeks. Yes. Lots of duct tape and bubble wrap and, I don't know, whatever they do. <laughs> just 
just wrap them in bubble wrap and and just be very gentle with them off the ice. Yes. You can't move. We have to save your <laughs> We have to save you for Right. Us. Like lots of relaxation. Like, and yeah, that always that that always puts me to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, thanks for joining me, Sarah, and uh, good luck to the Kings we'll and the see. rain. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. All right. Thanks again. Bye. Bye.